and welcome to another amazing episode of From the Couch Sports. I am Eric, and tonight, as always, I have with me Mr. Kieran Stack. Kieran, how are you? I'm doing all right, boys. You know, drove all the way to New Jersey last night just to watch the Devils get their eyes pumped shut by the Toronto Maple Leafs, but everything's fine. Maple Leafs hurts. That's not a team. It just it hurts. It does. Yeah. <clears throat> they're doing pretty damn well, dude. I mean, shit, they're like 20 points above the Sabres. It's like... <laughs> they are. But I mean, I mean that's every that's, like that's every saying, year, though. No. Yeah. No, most years. Yes. Now, <laughs> Almost every year. <laughs> All right, maybe every year. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, Jerome, how are you? I'm all right. Good. Okay, that's good. So, uh, NFL, man. Offseason is upon us. We are... A week away, it's Wednesday the 8th, we're a week away from free agency officially kicking off, which means it will unofficially kick off probably yesterday. Um, NFL Combine is behind us, franchise tag day, deadline day, whatever, was Monday, and there was a lot of news, a lot of shit, so we're going to get right into it, and we're going to start off with the hot button topic. This is the one... Well, let's, let's, let's talk to the people real quick. Talk to the people? Yep. The people. The people need to know. Uh, maybe not everybody understands what a franchise tag is. Okay, so a franchise so let's, tag... Let's educate them. Yes. Um, so franchise tag, there are three different options. There is the exclusive franchise tag. Um, that is where you sign them to either, I think it is the la- the average of the top five players at your position from last year. Um or 120% of their current salary, and no other teams can sign them. You do retain the ability, if that player signs the franchise tag, to trade them. The non-exclusive is basically an average of the last five years of that player's position, or 120% of their salary last year. And in that case, another team can trade two first-round picks for that tagged player, and the team who currently, uh, you know, who placed the tag on that player can match whatever offer said player is being, well, offered. Um, and then the transitional tag, um, I, you know, I, I lose I lose track of that one. But it's a third option. It's not very common. I think what it is is like lower picks and, you know, it's like a, you can place like a second or a third round pick on a player, basically. But those are those are the three major terms. Now, what is also significant about a franchise tag? Um, well, in a non-exclusive, for instance, a player can, um, I believe that in a non-exclusive, they can be traded up to I think week fourteen or so, and you know it, it still remains under like the terms of the contract or of the of the tag itself. Beyond that, it. A franchise tag can be signed any time, really, uh, during the year. I think up to like week seven or so. Um, it also means that player is it, right? There's only there's only one franchise tag allowed per team. So if no, they Eric didn't get the joke, but you're that was that was that was <laughs> oh, that okay, was the, that was the most yeah. important thing I wanted to mention <laughs> is that you a team only gets one to use. That's right. Everybody gets one. Um, this year, Sounds I think there was only right like I think there was only like seven teams who used it. Uh, it's actually been a number that's dwindling year after year, and probably because the 
salaries keep escalating higher. So let's get into it. Um, on Monday afternoon, the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar. I had in here a, a, a definition of the tag, but since we've gone over it, uh, this tag for him um, was $32 million, give or take. Like, I think it's $42 million, 400000 but what's 400000 between friends? Um, and so, obviously, has been heavily covered. He is looking for a fully guaranteed deal and is not being... Uh, Watched over by an agent. He has. He doesn't have an agent. He's doing all this stuff by himself. Uh, and a like number a of teams at yeah, the a number past. of teams, like maybe like a half hour after the tag was put on him, uh, namely the Falcons, Panthers, and Commanders have said they're not interested. While the Raiders, Patriots, and Jets have not ruled out, quote unquote, in different terms for different teams trading for him. And I mean, look, th- this is this is the summary. This is an incredible moment in the NFL offseason history because of how unique Lamar's play is on the field, his injury history, his age and pedigree, and the guaranteed money that he's reportedly requesting. We technically don't know what he's saying behind closed doors. Stephen A. Smith came out last week, said, there's no way he's asking for this. You know, I talked to him. He's not asking for this. We technically don't know. Um, Well, to be fair... At the behest of the NFLPA, he is doing all the negotiating himself. So he is asking because well, he is asking. there is there is no one else asking. There no, is I understand. Like, I understand that there the is player there, himself there is a situation is with like Lamar's agent saying this and Lamar saying, "Oh no, no, no we're not." No, it's literally just Lamar. So right. if Lamar is, is saying that. Oh, I'm I'm not asking this. Like mm, bullshit because. Everybody's been dancing around this for three months, basically since December. I mean, shit, that. He's been, yeah, he's been saying that he wants, you know, a shit ton of guaranteed money basically since Deshaun Watson signed his contract with. Well, the fully, fully guaranteed and fully guaranteed. Yeah, this is this is the thing with the, the Watson deal. Last year, his agent played the media. He played the teams. I mean, Watson's agent, you know, while covering, you know, while working for a complete dickhead, he was awesome. His agent was the MVP of last year because this is the other thing. The NFLPA put in um, an official, what was it, memo to the NFL saying that, you know, basically warning against collusion by owners um, for not signing another player to a fully guaranteed contract. There's there's just so many fucking different avenues of this. And it, and it's so interesting, too, because the kid's 26 years old. He won an MVP at what 22, 23. He's got injury history. That was that was four years ago. It was, but he is dude. I mean, if you if you did how a many, who done it of playoff, who's won the MVP playoff, over the last like does he have? Well well, he's got one or two. I mean, he's got more than Dan Jones. He has the oh. same as Dan Jones. I don't know. I think he's got two. Dan Jones has one. Oh wow, he has fifty percent. Dan Jones has fifty percent of him. And he's won an MVP. He but he has. So okay. I'm just saying that it's it's a very interesting case. I look without much further ado. I Kieran. think I think it, I think what it boils down to is that Lamar had the unfortunate timing of his contract coming to fruition after Deshaun Watson got his money and basically fleeced the Browns because he came back after 
not playing for basically almost two years, right? And he provided no assistance to his team in winning games or anything. He didn't even provide superior play as a football player. And then on top of that, he got himself hurt at the end of the year when he was speaking basically the whole season. I mean, we were talking about this during the preseason that, oh, he was looking to get a a paycheck like Deshaun Watson. And then time kept going on because he, he wanted fully guaranteed. He wanted fully guaranteed. He wanted fully guaranteed and he gets hurt. He doesn't help his team make the playoffs or anything like that. And he's still standing here telling teams, I want all this guaranteed money. For what? For what? For what? <laughs> Can somebody tell me? Can somebody tell me what he provides? What what he plans to provide to the NFL that no other team can give him? I mean, what no other quarterback can give them? No, I mean, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think the the injuries itself that's gonna be a non-starter for him getting any kind of guaranteed money. And I think the sooner he realizes that, it's gonna be better for him because then he's probably going to get a contract. It's not, he's not going to get the one he wants. The one he wants is absolutely outlandish. And he's out of it. He's out of his fucking mind. If he, if he thinks he's getting any kind of guaranteed contract, but I think the fact that they non-exclusive tagged him, I mean, I don't blame any teams for pulling out too. Cause the fact that you have to pay most likely more than 120% of his previous salary and give up two first round picks, I don't think he's worth that. I mean, he's definitely not worth the two first round picks. The the money, you know, that's, you know, however much cap space you have versus however much you're willing to spend on him. That's your own prerogative. But for two first round picks for a guy that hasn't played a full season since 2021. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a good idea at all for anyone to try and pursue him. If you want to, you know, take your chances in free agency next year with him. By all means, go for it. Um, but I think he needs to be put on his big boy pants and just hire an agent because an agent will probably get him a deal. Yeah, totally. I don't agree. think he gets himself a deal. Absolutely agree. And, you know, let's wheel it back just a little bit. I mean, I think that this relationship between Lamar and the Ravens is kaput. Um, you know, I've seen a few opinions on this. It's not an it's not an original opinion, but I really do. When when you put a non-exclusive tag on a player, especially a player who you've been dealing with face to face, like like you know, negotiations are not fun. It's like asking a, a friend for money that you borrowed from them or that they borrowed from you. Like it's not a fun ordeal ever. So that's that's where like agents can be that buffer for you. But also, I just. They're saying, hey, man, you can talk to other people. It's like it's like saying to your girlfriend, I don't care if you go out and talk to other dudes tonight. Like, go ahead. See what you think. You think that what you have is so bad. Go ahead and see what's available to you like that. Yeah. But the difference is your your girlfriend is going out and talking to other dudes. And when she comes home, she's not going to fuck you because that's exactly Lamar. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, franchise (laughs) tag me. I won't be playing for you this year. Yeah, that's that's what he's I fully think, prepared to just sit. Which I don't I don't know. I think I think sitting is the absolute worst thing he can do. He'll I never think, be the same. 
Well, no, I think never. That, I think that we there hasn't this. been a player. I've been right about it every time. Yeah, Anybody we, that sits out this. has never been the same. It's Elliott. It's not a good idea, and I think that he's Le- probably Le'Veon Bell. He's he's OBJ. probably not going to get an agent like just the way that it feels. I mean, we're so far on the outside looking in, but it just doesn't feel like he's going to get an agent. You don't, you don't need to be on point. the out necessarily inside to to see the writing on the wall. What does Lamar Jackson do professionally? Football. Okay, got it. <laughs> What is something that he doesn't do professionally? Anything else. He certainly doesn't <laughs> fucking negotiate professionally. What do high-priced agents do? They negotiate professionally. They have, they That's have what you're degrees. paying for. That's hey. what you're paying for. It's the difference between representing yourself in court or paying for a high-priced attorney. What's the high-priced attorney going to do? He's going to use all of his knowledge and his experience with the law to get you off of you know whatever charge. What's going to happen when you do it? You're going to be standing there like, uh, well, I didn't do it. And they're going to be like, yeah, we need more than that. And he's not going to go what to say. He does it, it, this. This it's a it's a joke. That when and what's crazy is that the NFLP is PA is pushing this whole like well, we want this whole fully guaranteed contract thing to be a thing. This isn't this is not the guy that you hitch that cart to. No. You want to hitch your <laughs> cart to like an up and coming guy who's healthy and smart. Lamar Jackson is a lot of things. A former MVP, former MVP. But smart or intelligent? Yeah, I don't I don't list him up there, unfortunately, for him. What's his wonderlick score? I have no idea. All right, Off the top of my head. I'll Google I, bet he, I bet he took the testing crayon. There. We're also talking about a guy who didn't get a diploma from the University of Louisville. Well, yeah, plenty of they, players don't get diplomas when they go to the Well, NFL. that's what I'm saying, though. Then you shouldn't be right. You don't have a degree in anything. And it's not <laughs> you're like you're going to try and negotiate a 200 plus million fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lamar's Wonder League score was a whopping 13 out of 50. Um, oh my god! Yeah, yeah like I said, he probably he wow. not great. How did he get drafted? Well, how was the NFLP sitting there like, oh yeah. yeah, this this guy, this is the guy we want to change things? Wait, Kieran, Kieran, the the Dallas Cowboys drafted Morris Claiborne, uh, like I don't know, twenty fifteen or something like that. He had a four on the Wonderlick. You right, probably I, get two points for spelling your he's name. A, right. He's a cowboy. He's a. Cowboy. I rescind the point. Yeah, and that was fourth <laughs> overall. Um, no, I think. I think it's the entire thing is wildly interesting and you know it, it shouldn't be lost on people that what happened last week and this is why I bring it up the combine a lot of quarterbacks threw and ran and jumped and did all these things very well and so what you leave with is a lot of hype for you know incoming drafted players on very cheap deals and they're difficult to get to for some teams because of draft position and trading draft picks. But you're trading draft picks for someone who's going to cost you peanuts. I mean, Dan Jones, we're going to get to it. But think about that contract for a second. And then think about what you pay, what, what the Bengals have paid Joe Burrow over the last four years or three years or whatever. So the bank, I think the, what Ravens, the Eagles paid Jalen Hurts. Right. I think yeah. in, in, in a little bit of a lesser extent, just because they don't get the fifth year option 
situation. I mean, they paid they paid, paid Joe less. Burrow, you know, uh, first round, first Number round one overall pick. money. Yeah, right. yeah which, that's which big, is money. big money. It Hertz is, is Hertz is a round two kid. You know, the, he the, didn't get paid that much. The fifth year option is a big deal. It is a big deal. But so what I'm saying is, I think the Ravens played this smart in a way because they took that hype from the weekend and they said, we're going to put the non-exclusive franchise tag on you. And you've got all these teams who are looking at all these rookies and saying, these guys are going to cost less. There's a, there it's, it's the old, you know, family guy of, would you rather have the boat or the box? Well, there, there could be a boat in the box, but like, that's, that's what rookies are right there. The box, you don't know what you're going to get. And I didn't wait. Blake Bortles is in one of those boxes. He was literally. He was a He's both top of those three things. overall pick. Yes, <laughs> he was. He was quite literally. But no, I'm just saying. Like, like I think. I think unless Lamar sits out, which is the absolute worst situation for everyone involved, including oh, the Ravens, including the he Ravens, will. they get nothing out of it. They get no picks. They have to just sit on this situation. And not they have only to sit that, on the situation and give him a twenty percent raise. But no, no, no. They don't. If he doesn't sign it, if he sits out, yeah. and he doesn't sign it. They don't. They're not paying him. But in that case. You're left up until what fucking August to pick from the remaining, you know, bits of, of the litter on a quarterback. And it's a wasted season. So in only bits, that case, bits of the litter, is that a, is that a, Oh, clean out a litter box. Verbiage? I'll tell you there, are, there are bits of the litter. You do not want to be taking, you know, yeah, part I'm not of. a, not a cat person. I like them. I like them. You would. I do. Yeah. They're good. Um, no, it's, it's a white. And then the other interesting faction of this, it, this is something that honestly I can't remember ever seeing before is a player being tagged. And maybe a half hour later, three teams coming out and openly saying, we are not interested in signing this. Like that is very odd. I believe it's five teams. I only, I only saw, you know, the three that I mentioned, the Falcons commanders and um, Panthers, which by the way, the Panthers last week, y'all remember when Frank Reich was like, Oh, listen, all options are available. Then Lamar Jackson becomes available. He's like, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me take that back. And it's just like, teams don't do this. They don't do this. You never hear this. You never hear openly, straight away, we're not interested. Karen, I mean, what are you? Th- Honestly, I saw that and I thought, this is funky. Something's just a little bit different here. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, obviously it's it's different and it's something we haven't seen before. I get it though. Because a non-exclusive tag to any team that's thinking about signing you is probably one of the worst deals that you can ever have as a GM. Depending on the player. You know, I mean, if if one GM is like, all right, we're going to non-exclusive tag you. If I'm another GM, I'll be like, all right, something's wrong. Like, you may not know what it is, but like, it's it's basically like, okay, go ahead. I think I think what's wrong is the contract he's supposedly asking for. Oh no, that's for sure picks. wrong. Like he's not, and like he's not going to get it because to because if you're, you know, if you're Frank Reich and you're and you're the Panthers organization to for them to back out, I get it because it's like okay, what's the other option? Okay, yeah, no, we'll give you more than a twenty percent rate, way more than a twenty percent raise, you know, fully guaranteed, and also we're not drafting in the first round for the next two years. Potentially longer, depending on what their that's right. Draft that's right. situation as as, looks like right now. As, as, as soon as, as picks you... are involved, it's no. no. Well, but no, it's, no, no. But it's not no. It's not like like teams do this year after year. They do. Maybe. Like the Rams <laughs> did it. Um, the Broncos did it. Well, they hate first round pick. That doesn't count. Yeah, but the Broncos <laughs> did it though, yeah. and I mean they paid more. They paid a lot more than two firsts. The Broncos did. It, it's just, 
I think that as soon as you trade for Lamar Jackson, your window, like your clock has started, man. Your window is now. It is now. You better be ready because he's costing a lot of money. He's costing a lot of money up front. Um, it's it's very interesting. And truly, all it takes is one. That's all it takes is one team to step up to the plate. So I don't know. I don't imagine it'll be for fully guaranteed like Deshaun Watson, but that's it. That's, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Um, okay, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Dan Jones. Dan Jones gets the bag and Saquon gets the tag. What a nice ring to that. Um, so Dan Jones, just before the deadline for the franchise tag, signed a four-year $140 million contract, and then subsequently Saquon got the franchise tag. Um, exclusive, by the way. So Saquon's getting paid about $10 million, a little bit over $10 million a year. Well, for this year, upcoming, should he decide to... What a deal. Sign. Um, so apparently, the Giants were offering him $13 million, um, and ended up franchise tagging him for ten. Now... I'm just going to go ahead and kick it off with, with my opinion for this uh, because I spent pretty much all year saying how like I didn't I didn't agree with them retaining the abilities of either of these two players. And yet, it, look, four years, 140 million. Let, let's just start off with this. Everyone talking about that. Shut up. It's not four years, 140 million. It looks like it right on paper, but it's really it's two years and 82 million fully guaranteed. Those years and that money is fully guaranteed. That is a fact. The other two years are phantom years that the Giants can get out of. The two years, it's a, it's a fully guaranteed two-year contract for $41 million a year. So, honestly, I don't hate this at all. I really don't. The franchise tag, the fully exclusive franchise tag for Dan Jones would have been $45 million for one year. All right? Now... I don't think Dan Jones is all that in a bag of chips. Honestly, I don't even think he's one chip. Really. He's not, he's not even the good crumbled bits at the bottom of the bag. But you're, you're assigning yourself two years to figure it out with him. And then from there, you've got some phantom years. You can kind of decide from there. Like, it'll be tough money to figure out from here. But beyond that, I think it's a good deal. I think that the Saquon thing, honestly... A franchise tag for Saquon, I mean, what you are getting is you're hoping for a contract year. You're hoping for him to have another good year. That's what you're hoping for. At most, Saquon was worth a franchise tag. That's at most. So I don't hate that. I think that for the way that I felt about this going into this offseason, the Giants handled it about as well as they could. And granted, they're still just left with Dan Jones. So whatever. Good job. You know, it's like it's like handing your, your brother the unplugged in controller and him getting to the next level, AKA you getting to the next level and you'd be like, Hey man, you did it. Good job. It's like, it's just, it's just Dan Jones. <laughs> but um, those are my feelings. What do you guys think? He's better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He is not. And by what metric? I mean, by what metric dude, the dude averages 15 touchdowns a year. Uh, like is that his, is that his average right now? Or is that just how many he scored last year? I'm pretty sure if you do all of the here, I'll, I'll do the math right now. Feel free. Um, no, he's better than I feel like he's better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you know, what do I think 40 million is is 
too high of a price, but I mean, he, at least he finished the season. I mean, how many quarterbacks did we see do that? Hmm. How many? And won a playoff game. Actually, a lot this year, but neither here nor there. And on average, a lot, but neither here. Kieran, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I think I just got to give Eric some time. There's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of math. I can see the see the smoke coming out of his ears. But I think I the franchise tag I like because, like we mentioned earlier on in the pod, you have the ability to trade him. So if he is looking like he's going to have a a contract year, and it you know you're hearing rumblings from his agent or him or people in his camp that you know he's got a number in mind and you don't want to pay that number, you can always cut and run if need be, and you're not eating that much um, money-wise. With Dan Jones, I mean, I don't hate it either, Jerome. I think I, I agree with you. I think he's better, you know, eye test-wise. You know, I don't know numbers-wise that that's not, you know, my thing. That's four eyes over there. But I think he's, I think he is top half in the NFL um, just in terms of longevity. And I think it's like, you know, he's a, he's a quarterback. I've, I've, Use this to ex- to explain quarterbacks before. He is a guy that is going to show up for 17 weeks and play quarterback, and probably when you the majority of your games, you know, take you to the playoffs and win you one playoff game. I don't think he's the guy that's going to win the Giants another Super Bowl by any means, but I mean, you have those tiers to figure it out, and you know, he could prove me wrong. He could have two breakout career years uh, in the first tiers of this contract, and then the Giants look like geniuses for locking him in for four years because that's probably like four years is probably what their playoff window is looking right like right now just given you know rookie deals and, and other contracts that they have out right now so yeah i mean you know we talked about it before i was like i don't think you really pay either of them and they almost took our advice they didn't pay saquon yet and they kind of paid dan jones well you better hope that you do pay saquon you don't want to give that guy the tag and then have him sit out. Again, it's an, the tag can be interesting that way. And if he was looking for a lot more money, um, if the franchise or if the free agent market ends up being high for running backs, he may just not sign it and say, I'm not playing unless you give me the top of this market, the top of this year's free agent market. With Dan Jones, Karen, he, he won't, like, he's not the guy who, will start you 17 games. He's, in fact, never started a full season. Um, I'm looking at it now. First year, 12 games. Next year, 14. Year after that, 11. Last year, 16 out of 17. And beyond that, his touchdown to turnover ratio is exactly... Hold on, hold on, hold on. They sat him in week 17 because they knew they were making the playoffs and they didn't want to get him hurt. Okay, one year. He was not... He but was one year. not. I'm just led before you're using you're using the first some year of the facts. He was a backup. Yeah. Okay. So like let's let's be very clear here. Also, where's the where's the stat? How, what's his average? For it's, touchdowns? it's 15 exactly. Okay. He averages 15 touchdowns a year and averages 15.2 turnovers a year. So he literally turns it over just a hair more than he scores touchdowns. By the way, his winning percentage. He's not going to go out there and win you most of his games. His winning percentage is. Point three nine, like if you round up, it's it's forty percent of his games. So let's be he he's not top half of the league. He's just a guy, and that's okay. It's it's okay for the Giants to do that. It's not like 
the fucking greatest thing on the face of the planet. But, you know, it's, I guess you're saying, like Dable's saying he wants, he'd rather have stability in the franchise than to go find someone else either via the, the draft in the late first round or, I don't know, signing Jimmy Garoppolo. So I guess that's what they're saying. And okay. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't necessarily like honestly, I think that Dan Jones is the kind of quarterback who could veritably get Brian Dable fired and Joe Sheen fired. I think this could be the, the kind of decision that could backfire. But so could drafting hold on, a bad hold on. rookie. And 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 drafting a bad yeah, I was gonna say, and drafting a bad rookie. I mean, look at look at fucking look at Kyle Shanahan. That dude has struck out. Yeah, but he's good enough. Like he just him and John Lynch are good enough to make it work. They feel great. I'm just, I, you know what I'm just saying? Like, you know, he's he's losing dudes like left and right. And now Absolutely. who's going to play? Who's going to play quarterback for San Francisco this year? Could be Baker. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and like and where are we, where are we at in the league that the the loser of the NFC Championship game is thinking? You know who need we need to lead our team this year? Baker Mayfield. No, it's not it's not the league, it's the conference. The NFC is a weak conference, dude. I'm sorry, but like in terms of quarterbacks, you could list off three quarterbacks you feel confident in, and everybody else is just kind of there, right? Like like you got Hertz, you got maybe Prescott on a good day. Well, if it's if it's on a good day, then you're not confident in it. I'm I'm <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like after that, it's kind of you know what, PJ Walker, you know, like Matt Stafford, if the line can protect him for five seconds, you know, like who who's there as a quarterback? It's not the league, it's the conference. The NFC's quarterback market. Well, I guess actually that leads us to the next you have, point. You have Geno Smith. And Geno Smith. Yeah. So but this leads us to the next yeah, like Kieran said. Um so Derek Carr. Real signing, right? Um Derek Carr signed to the New Orleans Saints for, I believe, on average, again, about like 35 million, maybe 40 million. Um, I'll look that up specifically. But what are your guys's? I mean, and Karen, we'll start with you. What's your what's your thought on the fit? You know, is this a good place for Carr? Was it a good signing for New Orleans? And lastly, if you're a Saints fan, is the playoff window open now? So I'll start off by saying I am a little bit bummed out by this. I really wanted to see him go to the Jets. I thought that was the best possible fit for him. Um, I mentioned that on the pod. It was either last week or two weeks ago, whenever we went over that two weeks ago. So, I mean, it's almost like they're kicking the can down the road, the New Orleans Saints. It's like the I think the playoff window has to be open now because it's not going to be open in a couple of years because – Carr's not getting any younger. Um, I don't really think they have a young core around him, and who knows what Michael Thomas is going to do with his fake injuries over the next couple of years. Um, I I don't think it's a particularly great fit. Um, I think it'll be fun to see him in a different, you know, different conference. A, a definitely different a different black uniform. Red. He's going from black yeah, uniform to black, gold and black instead of silver and black uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's I mean. I think it's you know a little bit better for him because he's playing in a much better conference 
or a, sorry, much better conference to win games. And I should say, you know, about, a much weaker conference compared to the you know AFC how West. Say, how about the division where, <laughs> whereas other quarterback uh, right. rivals are currently Kyle Trask. I, I think it's PJ Walker from Carolina and Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stands head and shoulders over those guys. Right. So he's right now the best quarterback in the NFC South before he's thrown a ball in a Saints uniform. Before he's well, put on a Saints uniform, I think he's already the best quarterback in that division. So aside um, from aside from kicking the can down the road, I mean, do you think it was a good signing by Nola? I don't think so necessarily. I think they're at a point now where they just need to, you know, not tank, but like it's it's time to rebuild. And I don't think Derek Carr is the guy you rebuild around. I don't think Michael Thomas anymore is the guy that you can rebuild around. Um, and I feel like that's what they've been doing. They did it with Jameis Winston as well. That was a who? And then he said Winston. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? A My point exactly. Receiver. Yeah. <laughs> the, By the, the way, guy, Jameis, the guy who doesn't play, but they're paying. He didn't retire. He didn't dollars. retire three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he might as well have. Jameis, by the way, is supposedly going to be cut very soon. So. Yeah. He, you know, free Jameis. <laughs> yeah. He'll he'll be in Houston. Oh, he'll be free. Yeah, he'll be going. He'll be going back to being a Buccaneer. Um. Yeah. Possibly. And Karen sure as you sure as you're born. I mean, <laughs> shit. They pay him nothing to play there, and we'll get five thousand yard seasons out of Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin again. Can't wait. Um. um that'll be it'll be fun. But lastly, yeah. Do you think their playoff window is? I mean, this is a team still has stars. Uh, they were uh, fifth in defense last year. You know, at least yeah, DVOA. Yeah, and and I and I think the the defense is the the one thing that is a good fit for Carr. It's something that I think Vegas has lacked for him the last few years, especially. And he's never had, yeah, yeah, never, never really had um, yeah. in his career. Uh, I think the Jets would have been a better fit defensively. I think they have better, younger weapons, and I think he honestly he maybe could have gotten a little more money from the Jets because the Jets have more room to play with. When it comes to rookie contracts, they have a lot of studs still on rookie deals. They um, don't, man. I, I I did a lot of looking into this. They are not in a good way, the Jets. It seems that way. It ain't. It's like wow, they have the they have the O'Roy, the D-Roy, and sure. they have the Williams brothers that are both on rookie deals. They they have a lot of rookies. They do. Um, but they have a ton of free agents. They have a lot of money going to weird places. Like they're, they're either, they're, their team is in so much flux. Like I, I just, I don't think they're a good spot for a big name quarterback. Like a guy who's going to command 40 plus million a year. I really don't. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Derek Carr's a big name quarterback. Well, he's big paid. I mean, yeah. that's big enough, right? That's big enough name. It, it, look, the Jets, I'll put it like, they have seven free agents on the offensive line. Two of whom are start are starters. Their left tackle didn't play all last year. Their best offensive lineman had a 71.8 PFF grade. Their right tackle, uh, who's a $17 million cap hit, which is, I think, like top three in the, the NFL, had a 56.8 PFF grade. Corey Davis costs $11 million this year. By the way, Devontae Adams this year costs $14 million. Uh, and he's a $666,000 Mark of the Beast dead cap hit. So he's probably getting cut. Brees Hall, if he follows the same trajectory as J.K. Dobbins, which is rumored to be the case with his injury, is likely not to be a full go until week 14. Like, this is this is not a quarterback away team. It just feels like it because they had a great draft last year. Like, that's, 
That's it. They're going to have to pay Quinn and Williams huge fucking money, like top of the market money. They're going to have to let their other defensive tackle go. Carl Lawson's going to have to go. I CJ Mosley is another one. It's like there's a lot more holes than people are talking about with this team. It ain't it ain't what it appears is what I would say. But fair fair enough. But I, I will say I think the Jets' playoff window is open wider than the Saints is in comparison. The division I think is so weak. I I just the competitions are. You know you're. Yeah, I mean the Jets almost got the Jets almost snuck in with three nobodies at quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just so I think I mean I think by that logic they are a quarterback away team. I think if Derek Carr joined the Jets this year, I think they can make the playoffs. We talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah, and I I don't agree. You 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 guys said it. I don't agree. Look, we we think they're a quarterback away. You guys remember Mike White getting absolutely pummeled in a game where he got hit like eighteen fucking times. You yeah, think so it's a quarterback Joe problem? What you, what, what's your point? You you think it's a quarterback problem? Their offensive line sucks. It's terrible. You want to put. $50 million a year behind that offensive line and say, go get SWs. That's not how the NFL works. Like, anyway, we, we we don't have to stay on the Jets. Like, focus on Derek Carr here. Um, Jerome, all the same questions are there in front of you on the, on the one sheet. So uh, I don't have to repeat them. Go ahead. I think it will be a good fit for him. Uh, I think that it is a good place. Uh, the culture of the fan base is good. Um, was it a good signing? Uh, that will remain to be seen. And there is definitely a playoff window there. It's a weak, weak division. You know, he will definitely be the, as of right now, he's the best quarterback. Mm -hmm. Their biggest issue right now at this time is they don't have a running back. Correct. Yeah. They do not have a good running back. Alvin Kamara was a good running back at one point. That is no longer the case on top of the fact that he has legal issues. So you can basically consider him fucking gone. Yeah, but for, for what it's worth, I mean, they didn't have to trade for Carr. So now they have draft picks to right. It's a no, good running back class. They, they can, they can, you know, was it Bijan Robinson? Well, yeah, I don't know I, that they. Yeah. I don't. Know. I yeah, he's he's uh, he's the top running back. No, no, no. I I know who he is. I'm just saying I don't, um, I don't think he's slotted for them. The, the but... people don't. I know you know shithead. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't watched Bijan Robinson's like, this time, I'm talking to Kieran. Watch his highlights. He's yeah. fucking phenomenal. And if you're dude. worried about how to spell it, like Dijon Mustard, but with a B instead of a D. Big facts. B for Bravo. Bijan Robinson. Maybe we should, as a podcast, maybe we should call him Dijon Mustard. Or no, what do you think? Bijan, no. call him Bijan Mustard. Bijan Mustard. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Any, um, any hoozles. Uh any So I think that that's what's going to really hold them back is they need a strong running back. Crystal Lave, fantastic. Yeah, and mm -hmm. based on their their evaluation of of Olave. And a win there, they can, okay, now we know, out of modern wide receivers, now we know what we're looking for. Let's look for the next Chris Olave in this class. You know, try and get him in like a second or a third round or something like that if you really want to bolster that. that well, you want to pick up somebody in, in, there is so much free agency. I mean, there are so many players just floating out there. You know, Bobby Trees, a nice veteran to come in and just if not if nothing more than to be 
uh, a wide receiver three who's going to provide solid experience because Michael Thomas is not that. No, but I, I've got a point on that later. I, I've got I've got a, a situation for that later. I think so. And just to quickly go over it, um, really, I agree with Jerome. I think it's a good culture. I think you know they're Kieran. They can't build they the way that the Saints have fucked their cap situation up so bad. Like they keep kicking. You're right. They keep kicking the can down the road, and they just keep having to pay players. Like they can't cut Cam Jordan because he costs so much to cut. And they so they got to pay a 34-year-old defensive end like $13 million, which is a fucking high salary for not as much production as the Cameron Jordan that we were used to in the 2010s. So, you know, they're a veteran team. Their window is now. They can't rebuild yet. They've they've got to go all in. And I thought it was a good fit. I think the playoff window is definitely open. Uh, I like it. Okay. So, like I had mentioned, next week will be the beginning of free agency Obviously, sometime probably late April is the draft. Um, so we're going to go over, we're going to kind of predict some offseason moves to come. All right. And I will start it off with kind of a, a little bit of a hot take. This is just my opinion, but hear me out. Um, the Seahawks draft Anthony Richardson at five. Now, I really like this. And the reason why I really like this is because you just signed Geno Smith to three years, a hundred thousand or a hundred million. Sorry. And it's probably one Oh five, I think, which I imagine is really just a two year deal with the third one, again, being flexible or an easy way to get out. But this is why I like this. It they're They've got a good roster. It's not great. It's not crazy. Awesome. But realistically with Geno, with the pieces that they have, the offensive line, they just drafted last year, Tariq Woolen, they're not going to get another crack at a top five pick a top 10 quarterback for years. And we like Gino, right? We enjoyed last year, but we know what we, we all see Gino for what he is. He's potentially a one hit wonder and he's potentially a nice reclamation project, but he's not the face of the franchise for the next 10 years, right? Like probably not. And so you've got two first round picks here. I say, Take a guy, and this is also a great spot for Richardson. Richardson is a, he is literally, literally the greatest combine quarterback of all time. He graded out at 100% in terms of the field for, for what any quarterback has ever done as a whole, right? But his passing mechanic, he leaves a lot to be, to be wanted when it comes to actually being able to play the position. But with Geno in that system, in, in that situation, he has time to develop. Gino's gonna have the job next year, potentially two years. I, I love this. They've got another first round pick at I think 22. You take them one pick before the Lions get the opportunity to, if they want to. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's a great opportunity. And he probably needs more than any other of these hyped quarterbacks a chance to sit down and watch it. Like imagine if Tebow had had two years. Well, Tebow's a bad example. Tebow. <laughs> You know, watch the throwing motion. But anyway, what do you guys think of that? Oh, I'll be honest. I kind of zoned out. I was getting ready for my next. <laughs> I was preparing for my you point. Great. <laughs> oh. Bullet points. Anthony Richardson at five. Gino is the starter for the next two years guaranteed therefore he can sit down 
you know, they've got another first round pick. He's a project. What are your thoughts? I feel like an investment like that, people are too quick to use it. And I also feel like the fan base is going to want him to start because despite the fact that Gino defied all odds, and I don't think that's disputable. It is not disputable. He defied all odds with the season that he had. Surprising everybody. They're going to want Richardson to be in there faster than he should. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my biggest worry about that is that's a lot of investment on the most physically gifted athlete in the combine at the quarterback position that we've ever seen. Now, I also am Irish and I have Irish Alzheimer's and I'll forget everything but a grudge. Because I remember hearing this same fucking thing about Kyle Pitts. He's the most gifted athlete that we've ever seen at the combine at the tight end position. He will revolutionize the tight end position for this galactic empire. No, he didn't. He didn't. He's been a huge fucking disappointment. He'll continue being a disappointment. Same college team too, by the way. I would say it's like both coming from the same offense. Imagine that. So, like, so much of me is worried about, like, this, oh, he's such a gifted athlete, and, uh, you know, like, uh, okay. Honestly, I would rather take a better a better player who has a higher football IQ than a physical athlete because mm-hmm. I think it is also undisputed that Fields is an absolute fucking athlete, but the dude couldn't read a defense if – even if he was able to press L2 and Madden and, and actually be able to <laughs> zoom out on the field and see everybody. You know what I mean? Like, gifted athletes, great. But are they good at playing football? Like, the mental aspect of, of all of that, being able to read defense and respond to things and all that stuff. I, I don't care what his fucking 40 time is. Nobody cared about Tom Brady's fucking 40 time. He's the GOAT. Why is everybody getting so wrapped up about how great of a fucking athlete? All the best athletes didn't last five years. Well, okay, then let me wire it out. Robert Griffin was a great athlete. Do you argue, let's say... He's a commentator now. Let's say C.J. Stroud, Will Levitz is available. Other top prospects. I mean, is it just a Will Richardson? Because I I really think this is a good place to sit and watch the game for the next year, year plus. Let me ask a question. Real quick, and we'll go back. We'll go back to that real quick. Do you think Joe Burrow was picked one overall because of his athletic ability? I mean, yeah, in a way. I mean, throwing the ball is an athletic ability. No, that's a skill. That's a, that's a skill. Arm I'm sorry. Is, uh, arm know. skill. Arm strength is a. It's a skill. It's no. He wasn't drafted. No athletic ability. 40 time vertical Joe Joe Burrow's got some legs on him your long jump Joe Joe Burrow's a runner he's a good runner absolutely he is he's got some good legs under him probably got like an 80 Madden speed he can run but he is not he is not physically gifted with running right but so 
I mean, the question I can think of, you, I can think of 10 starting quarterbacks that are faster than him. Actually, I could think of the half the league that has sure, sure, faster I, I quarterbacks it. than him. He, he was the whole package, it was Burrow, as well as being a he killer. was the whole package. I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, weak knees, weak knees after he joined the <laughs> NFL. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, that's 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 my biggest concern with that. Okay, no, right, and well, and. I like I, I just I don't know. I just I feel like we, we haven't had we've had more exceptions to the rule that first round draft pick quarterbacks are successful than we have, you know, not. That that's very true. And now that I know what the hell we're talking about, um it's literally uh, in the bullet points. It is in the bullet points. Um but I think the the main thing for me is that I feel like you know they got Gino on a Pretty team friendly deal compared to what other quarterbacks are getting. You know, around half of, of what the the top quarterbacks are getting annually on average. Um and and you got a and you got a good term on it. So if I mean if it goes to if it goes to shit next year, you know, he's gonna be, you know, decent enough trade bait to to get something for him. And then, you know, at fifth overall, I mean the Seahawks were ranked twenty fifth in defense last year. So I mean, I feel like number five is a good time to go after one of the fifteen draft eligible Georgia Bulldogs. You know, we're talking. <laughs> you can like they have fifteen draft eligible defensive players this year, and they had the most electric defense in college football. And I'm not even saying you go for uh, a guy, a guy like Jalen, because he's damaged goods, and I'll get to that in a second. But plenty of other pass rushers, plenty of other defensive backs that can that can help shore up that defense that's been struggling since geez, like 2015, 2016. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think a fifth overall pick is better is better served on a on a defensive asset in one of the better defensive classes in recent memory. Okay. I think I think with Gino as a franchise, you should be looking for the next answer already. And I don't I don't think they're gonna another get another crack at a top five pick for years. I just like I, I like almost probably a decade. So I you know, I think now is the time. This is the moment. Just give it a shot, roll the dice and see what happens. Uh Jerome. It is my feeling that Miles Sanders signs with Denver to supplement the backfield for Sean Payton. Uh, I think with his rushing pedigree, uh, his uh, good locker room presence, uh, Javante Williams could benefit from working with him coming off of injury. Miles Sanders is used to working in a, you know, uh, a, a running back tandem or trio. So I don't think that's something that would, you know, bruise his ego. That's, you know, he that's something he's known for. And therefore, I think it would be successful. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it'd be a benefit to Denver. Yeah, I mean, I think this would be a, a great move for Denver, especially seeing as, you know, they definitely can't throw the ball right now. So I feel like sh- shoring up uh, the backfield is is definitely the move since they're, you know, kind of tethered to the sinking ship that is dangerous. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a good, I think it's definitely a good move for Sanders. Cause I think he'll be able to, 
take on more of an RB1 role there or maybe even an RB2 instead of a, a running back by committee role if that's something he wants to be a part of. You know, I don't know him, obviously, so I, I can't say for certain what his ideal playing situation is, but um, I feel like, you know, more touches equals more yards equals more touchdowns equals more money down the line. So I would imagine that he wants to have more of a an RB1, RB2 role, which I think he's capable of um, just given the player that he is. And I think that I think Sean Payton can do wonders for for a guy like Miles Sanders. I think he's an awesome coach. I think that come next year, I feel like the main focus is going to be that run game. And I think shoring it up is is going to be a great move for for both Sanders and and Denver. Sean Payton does like running backs that can catch. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. isn't known as like a receiving back necessarily, but he can catch he's not it bad. in the back. Yeah. No, he's not bad at it. He he's done it. He's uh, you know, been involved in offenses that do that. So um, you know, now I will say that Sanders has come out and said that he wants to continue playing in Philadelphia, but as we discussed weeks prior, um Philadelphia has a lot of you know, bridges they have to cross about money and who's going to stay and who's going to go. Um, there's already a long list that have basically already come out and said, listen, we're probably going to lose Bradbury, uh, uh, Gardner Johnson and um, Javon Hargrave. You know, right now, ESPN's list of top 10, a uh, top 100 free agents uh, out of the top five, three of them are Eagles right now um so you know a lot of decisions to be made you know miles sanders just might be one of them but i think denver would be a a fantastic landing spot i think that what sean payton does incredibly glad you're gonna say something about is run the ball i mean that dude over the course of his new orleans career and when they won the super bowl they were like one of the best rushing teams in the nfl their leading rusher was a guy like no one's ever heard of. Like it was like Tim Hightower or some shit. And then Reggie Bush. Oh, had like, I remember. I remember him. I'm just saying like, like they, they consistently under Sean Payton ran the ball exceedingly well. And with a committee back, he was somewhat of a pioneer in creating the running back by committee situation that the NFL currently lives in. Cause he popularized it before it was really big. So I think that Denver getting a running back, another, you know, high profile running back, drafting a running back. I think that sounds like a solid move. And I think it sounds like a solid bet, you know, Um, Sanders. I don't know. Sanders, David Montgomery, um, Kareem Hunt. You know, there's a lot of, of free agent running backs. And like we already said, a good draft class for running backs. I think any one of them is is likely to land in Denver because Javante Williams may never be the same again. And he's again, he's not going to play for, you know, quite a while into this next upcoming year. Um, Okay. Kieran, go ahead. So my uh, postseason prediction right now, leading up to the draft is that Jalen Carter, probably the top defensive prospect in the country is going to go way down in the draft after his recent arrest and the involvement of a car crash that killed uh, a university of Georgia staffer and one other Um, awful story. Hate to see it bonehead move on his part, fleeing the scene of an accident like that. I think it's going to cost him millions. um, And I think that's obvious, but I think he even falls out of the top 10. 
Um, and I think he goes <clears throat> potentially as low as Green Bay at 15. Um, but also just looking at it again now, I guess it is possible he could go to uh, the Texans at 12 in a pick that they were uh, acquired from the Cleveland Browns in the Deshaun Watson uh, deal, I believe. But I think that's the most likely situation just because I feel like no one's going to want to touch him uh, in the top five anymore. Uh, I could see the Cardinals maybe just because they're, you know, defensive line starved uh, this, this postseason, um, especially with Kyle Allen now uh, approaching free agency, you know, they might try and, you know, really lock him down or if they can't, they, you know, maybe they do go for a guy uh, like Jalen Carter, but I mean, this is a kid who uh, I think I'm looking it up now. His prospect grade was a 7.05, which on their scale equates him in the third tier, which is a Pro Bowl talent. So the kid's got, you know, the athleticism. But to Jerome's point, you know, stupid, stupid mistakes. And yeah, he's a kid, but I mean, Christ, you know, something like that, you, that's inexcusable for me. If I'm a GM, that's something that is going to, make me run for the hills, especially when I can get 14 of his other teammates that can do, you know, similar job to him. You know, he wasn't the only guy leading that defense there. There was plenty of others that, to choose from uh, that can go for higher picks than he will. Uh, I think Green Bay is most likely just because, you know, they're, they love a good problem child. And I guess the Texans do too. Um, but I guess what's your guys thoughts? You know, do you think he falls that low? Do you think he goes Houston? Do you think he goes Green Bay? Um, who's you know trying to shore up a defense of its own right now to maybe even try and get Aaron Rodgers to stay? I think I think that his legal issues create a huge question mark, and we don't know a when they're going to be resolved. I mean, he could put if this off. Resolved. What's that? Or if they're ever resolved? Or, or if they're ever resolved? Um, he thinks that he will be cleared of all charges. We've heard that before, but, you know, I think that it's potentially, I mean, I think he could drop well below the first round. If this guy is going to be someone who's locked up, if he's going to have, you know, major issues that the NFL is going to, you know, that's another thing. The NFL, well, actually the it's NFL its own can't court. do anything. Yeah. The, well, but the NFL can't do anything. It, it happened, you know, an NCAA, yeah. an NCAA time. So I, I don't know. I could see it. I think, middle of the first round feels right at this point because you do have to have, you know, major character questions. Um, I don't think that Green Bay is necessarily a place I would choose. Arizona feels a little bit more right, but Green Bay has Kenny Clark, who they pay a lot of money to and who is still a good player at nose tackle. So I don't know. I think the kid's an unreal talent, unreal talent. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate. And he, a lot of this, he put himself in this position. So I don't feel too terrible for him um plus someone or you know someone's died so uh jerome so if i were running a team uh i wouldn't touch him at all um it's my distinct hope that the dallas cowboys pick him with the 26th pick oh my god and he never plays it down a football and they waste their pick that's right kieran fuck you Fuck the Cowboys. Man, I'm, I was going to be mean to the Cowboys in my next one, dude. Why do you got to be mean to him now? It's just what I do. That is what you do. I don't even know why I asked. Yeah. 
That's on. No, me. I just he, he's it's that is we're not talking about bad decision making like like he he got caught with alcohol in his dorm. I almost said barracks. Um or <laughs> you know, uh he 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 knocked up one of the TAs at the university and you know, blah blah blah. Like it's not I mean, we're not even talking about a DUI, like the kid made one mistake. Like there's a bunch of calculated mistakes that go into um driving the scene of an and, accident and, and then uh two people being killed. Um oh god. What was the name of that guy that played for Vegas? Henry Ruggs the third. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is he playing football? He's not. I mean, I'm sure he plays a form of football, just not in the NFL. Being involved in vehicular manslaughter is a is a pretty big fucking deal. So yeah. Um he could be talented physically, but he's a fuck up. And the only place he belongs is on the Cowboys or in jail. Yeah, man. Six of one, really. Those those highlight reels of him are fucking ridiculous. And it's all gone. It's too bad. It's too it's too bad that he couldn't just not do that. Hey, Karen, quick question. Um, did you ever drive a car and then get your friend and one of your teammates and one of the people that that you work for killed? No. Eric, uh, same question to you. I don't think so. You good? I know I haven't. Um, nobody I know or have worked with has done that. Uh, and as far as I know, neither of y'all have experienced that either. Um, I know that because if that had happened, we would fucking talk about it. So, <laughs> or we like, wouldn't because we'd be in jail. <laughs> right. So, you know, kind of the point is, is that this is not a normal thing. This is not an oopsie. This is not, Hey, look at this talent. This is a, this guy is a classic fuck up. Okay. And you need to move the fuck on. Speaking of which, um, because we're we're getting long in the tooth here. Um, yeah, that's what we do. I I teased this about the Saints, and when it comes to receiving options, number one, you got to get rid of Michael Thomas. I just just like, yeah, don't, don't don't resign him. Um, <laughs> so but don't even entertain it. You know, don't even you know don't do that. Uh, instead, I've got a name for you. Uh, Derek Carr played in Vegas, and one of his favorite targets was one Hunter Renfro. Um, one of the main free agents this year. It's really, it's actually a terrible year for wide receivers in the free agent market. Like, really bad. Um, I really like the Saints to sign Jacoby Myers off off of uh, free agency from New England. He is a possession receiver. I like Olave's ability to stretch the field, middle. And deep targets. Meanwhile, Jacoby Myers can play that Hunter Renfro role for the Saints. Jarvis Landry don't have it anymore. Love the guy. Great character player. You know, fun, fun watch. He had that great speech in Cleveland. He don't got it anymore. They need other receiving talent. Um, and I like Jacoby Myers to fill in that role well. You know, short yardage, third and Renfro, third and Myers. I just I like it. Boys? Nah, only because my my next point is also about the Saints and someone who they should pick up in free agency. And now I realize that's why you didn't put your notes in the the one sheet about this. <laughs> no, I just I just thought of it like during the podcast. I, I hadn't come up with the second point. I don't. Yeah, I mean, did. I mean, I I agree with the first half. I mean, you you have to move on from Michael Thomas. You have to. You can't even tease or entertain or whatever 
the idea of him being a New Orleans Saint any longer. Someone dumb will come along and sign him. It's not your problem anymore. No, they won't. Yeah, it's true. I'd be, I'd be, I mean, if one of you two idiots is is willing to make a bet with me, Eric's been dumb enough. He's lost the last couple. Uh, <laughs> I'd be willing to make the bet that Michael Thomas does not play for another team. He might sign, but he will not make significant playing time playing for any team in the NFL. No dice. Wow. You've Come learned on, your man. lesson. You're due. You're due. Just do it. I'll You're wait due for one. Fantasy, fantasy draft seasons when I, when I make my bet. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I like him as a possession guy. I really do. Jerome, mm-hmm. I completely forgot what your what your topic was. Yeah, mine is uh, ring chasing. Uh, OBJ will sign with the Saints to go back to Louisiana, where he went to college, uh, and compete in the super soft NFC South. I mean... I don't, oh, I don't hate, I, I, I hate don't hate, him. I hate him. Like I hate the Nazis, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't hate the notion that, that he might go to the, the saints. Cause obviously it's, it's where he's from. It's in a division that's softer than puppy shit. Um, I think just the, but why, yeah. why go from that's someone who, who hasn't played in two or three years to someone who hasn't played three out of five years or some shit like that. Like, it's not like Odell is like much better than Michael Thomas. Odell, Odell has a ring. Yeah, so what? Like Michael Thomas has records. Like it, it who are you now? Does he? What what have you what have you, yeah, he does. So does Carson Wentz also has a ring. I'm just saying, like like well, a lot of people have rings. Melvin Gordon yeah. got a ring last year. Anything can happen. Right. So I'm just saying, like, like why why go for Michael Thomas to Odell? It's like you know, it's kind of six one way half a dozen the other. I I don't know that yeah. Odell has I'd, and I don't necessarily think Odell going to New Orleans would be considered ring chasing. Um, unless they give out like a ring pop for winning the NFC South, um, <laughs> then in that case, sure, yeah, uh, go go for it, buddy. But I think, I think he can. I think. Grits. <laughs> I think he can. I mean, I I don't hate the idea for a, an Odell standpoint. I think he can make a lot of money there, and I think sure. he'll be around. You know, around where he spent a lot of time. You know, when he was probably running up and down Baton Rouge, just giving single moms syphilis wow we're saying a lot of things here um okay karen go to our last point um so yeah last point um and it's looking more and more real as days go on and it sickens me but the dallas cowboys i i think now are probably going to foolishly go after deandre hopkins uh which will have the long-term effect of most likely losing out on being able to re-sign Tony Pollard, who they have franchise tagged for this year. Um, I think once that tags up and he's a free agent and D-Hop's a free agent, I just don't think there's going to be enough money. And I think they're going to cut ties with Tony Pollard before DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, depending on performance. But, I mean, Green Bay loves a problem child. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely love problem children. Um Jerry Jones has made a career out of it somehow. And I think it's an absolutely ridiculously dumb boneheaded GM decision. But I mean, I don't think any of us are, are shocked at Jerry Jones doing something like that. Uh, a man who 
loves wide receivers more than probably his own family. So I think that Dallas should attack the receiving core issue that they have. They have a problem um, with their receiving targets. Dak didn't do well hyper-targeting CeeDee Lamb this year. And if you look at his numbers, his best years in terms of QBR came from years where he had multiple receiving options, catching or like targeting players, uh, three players, I think it is, over 100 times. When when he's only got one player, like he had this year, that he targeted over 100 times, it's just, it doesn't go well. So they do need to address it. One but way I don't the think other. that's the... I don't think that's necessarily due to the receiving core that he had Dalton Schultz. He had Noah Brown. He had CD obviously, and he had Gallup for a little bit. I mean, I think it goes up to play calling and just poor decision-making on Dak's end. I don't know. I think more I think than the last, receiving core, the last last year's Dallas Cowboys receiving options in terms of league ranking, not very high. Like you could probably name at least 10 teams, maybe 15 teams that had better receiving options as a team. I think that they do need to address it in one way, shape, or form. Now, Mike McCarthy's come out and you know boldly said that he wants to run the ball. He doesn't care that Kellen Moore wanted to throw the ball. He wants to run the ball because that's what wins games. Which philosophy? It isn't. Well, philosophies here are there. I mean, they could also cut. They could finally get out of the Zeke contract without with minimal blowback relative to what it has been. So. I think they definitely need to acquire a piece and DeAndre Hopkins is going to get traded. Like that just feels like a a sure thing. Him in a, you know, wearing the star on his head kind of feels right. Like it just like, he feels like the kind of player that goes to Dallas to finish his career in Dallas. He just feels that way to me, but I don't, I don't love the fit. I would much rather see them go after a big name running back. Uh, I would much rather see, Mm. I don't, because I don't love Tony Pollard either. I think the hype around Tony Pollard is is much overblown. This guy has come out and Tony said Pollard. that he's he's not an RB1. He's come out and said that his body isn't able to handle that kind of tax, that he carried the ball something like 15 times, and he was just gassed on the sideline, and he he needed a break. And, like, he was just wait, he was just watching the clock. Like, I don't think this guy is, like, a full-blown RB1. I don't, I don't – the franchise tag is the right move for him, and – you know, if he can prove that he can handle the load next year, okay. If he can't, bye. All vitriol against the Cowboys aside. <laughs> speaking as a former running back, I don't understand why he said those words. I don't. It's beyond me. It's an infomnia. You get, I mean... Uh, there's there's a million former running backs in this world that would kill a room full of people with their bare hands for the opportunity for what he's been given. If you're if you're tired, if you're in pain, fucking work through it. You have an opportunity that so many other people want. Keep it to yourself. Keep too. it to your fucking self. Yeah, yeah. You don't say that if I was a coach and I heard my player say that, they're gone. Like gone. Where's the where's the swagger? Where's the confidence? Where's the I fucking got this? 
No, where's like, the, I, I want this. You winners I, want the I, ball. Winners want the ball. I don't yeah. get it. It's, yeah. it's 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 insulting as yeah. a former player. I'm insulted. Like fuck you, dude. What do you think about D Hop? Oh, okay. Uh, about D Hop. Um, it, it sounds so much like <laughs> the, the, it the sounds so point. much like the the Omari Cooper signing they did what like eight years ago. You know, um, you know, bringing in a, a veteran receiver. You know, I think it could work, but Dak hyper targets. It, Dak is not Tony Romo, right? Dak hyper targets. So if he's not throwing it to, if he's throwing it D Hop and he's not throwing to CD Lamb, I mean that's just what you're going to get. And that's the thing about quarterbacks as they get older, they get worse and they don't get better as they get older in a lot of things. Dak is going to continue hyper targeting. In fact, I believe it will get worse because the less mobile he is, and he is very not mobile now, he will continue hyper hyper targeting. And, you know, here's the other thing. Let's be very clear. I don't think they're going to spend money on D-Hop, especially when McCarthy, all the hires they've done up to this point, has highlighted the fact that they plan to run the ball more. So why would you go out and spend all that money on a good wide receiver when your plan is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball? I agree. Get rid of Zeke. That's you can finally thing. do it and, and get another running back. Compliment Tony Pollard. You know, draft a, draft a rookie, whatever. I think you do need receiver help, but I think that you can just as easily get Juju Smith-Schuster for less money and get the same-ish production out of him as you get from this version of D-Hop and be fine. God, if we sign Juju, that might be the final straw for me. <laughs> Please. Oh, God. if th- th- I, I love everything I'm hearing right now. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen. No. Yeah. I say it. But Karen, Karen, the, gl- the glutton who's, for who's punishment. Gonna be your, who's going to be your NFC team then if if you decide to wait, go? Uh... Wait, AJ Brown would fucking love that. Oh my god, seeing Juju Smith Schuster twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, quick, Karen, who would your next team be? Oh wait, the Bills. Yeah. yeah well, okay. no, who's it? Who would his NFC team be then? Oh, okay. If he went away from the Cowboys, Saints, Derek Carr, baby. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I like it. Okay, boys, I think that's about it. I think that's, that's it. it. That's definitely fucking it. All right. It was a long one. We're very excited about the offseason, as you could tell. Happy hunting. I don't know. Boys, say good night. Boys, say good night. Good fucking night. <laughs>